Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Rosie Modena, and of course, my three passions in life are woman, Africa, and the arts. So, it's with no surprise that my guest today is a powerful woman, born on this wonderful continent, but operating and soon will be dominating the property space. Today, I'm going to be chatting to the founder and, and the heart behind Mushweshwe Properties, and her name is Miss Mate Mushweshwe. How are you? Hi, Rosa. How are you? Good, 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 good. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. So, I was looking into, the reason why I wanted to chat to you was property in South Africa is predominantly dominated by white people and predominantly dominated by, by, by white males. That's correct. And so when I saw this newspaper, and it was Mishweshwe Properties, um, I'm going to be honest, I think it's just part of that colonial mind that's, that, 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 we all, that we all have entrenched in, in, in our ideology. I automatically thought, okay, well, it's a brother from the hood. He started his own property group. Yeah. And then looking into it, I see that you're the brainchild. Yes, I am. Before we get into Mishresha Properties, you started off, um, was it as a clerk, working yeah. for an estate agency? Exactly. Let's, let's talk about your journey. I started off as a receptionist mm-hmm. at, at one of the biggest uh, real estate companies in the East Rand. Actually, they're actually all over South Africa. And then, uh, but when I actually, how got me to that position is that I wanted to be an estate agent. Mm-hmm. But the branch manager said to me that you won't make it. Wow. Because it's a tough industry mm-hmm. and you are new into the industry. Mm. So rather become a receptionist because I have a position for, for you there. Oh, wow. And then I said, okay, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll take it. You know, at least I'll still... We still got it. your foot in the door. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but the passion was there. So what happened is that there was actually a property in in in, in Fosteris, mm-hmm. and all the agents were all white, and nobody wanted to take uh, anybody to the to the township. And <laughs> yeah. I saw an opportunity. I said, "No, I'll go there because I'm I'm from the road. So I, if you can just give me the address, mm-hmm. I'll actually take this client." So I took the client without even having experience. Mm-hmm. So I was just out of excitement, I took this lady to this property. She was excited. She wanted to buy it cash. Mm-hmm. So I actually called my manager. Said. She says she wants to buy cash. Yeah. And she was so excited. I said, come back to the office immediately. Mm. I really didn't understand back then that if you close a deal, it's a big thing. Yeah. So she, she we drove back to the office, she signed, and the deal was done. Yeah. And then another client came through who wanted to actually sell his property in, in First Rose. Mm-hmm. And they said, no matter you go and, and, and list the property. Yeah. Uh, I actually listed it. And I happened to actually have a buyer for the same property within, I think, a week. Yeah. And I sold it. Yeah. But the unfortunate part is because I was not trained and I was not yet an estate agent. I didn't get the money. So all the money went to somebody else. Oh, wow. And then that's where they started realizing that I have the potential. Mm -hmm. Because if I can do that within two months being... Just as a receptionist without any training. Without any training, they realized that maybe you do have potential, so we're going to get you a mentor. Yeah. Uh, So I I was actually given a mentor uh, who was in the industry for about 10 years, Mm -hmm. and she was a top uh, real estate agent sitting in Bedford View. Okay. So she started training me. Back then, there wasn't any NQF level Mm 4. So what you needed to do was just to go to the EAB, Mm -hmm. get the book. Go and buy multiple choice. Yeah, and then if you pass, you're you're okay. <laughs> or you can be in the in the industry or 
for a year. So you can be an intern for a year, and then after a year, automatically you qualify as a full state Oh agent. wow! So so in other words, if you if you don't have the training, if yeah. you if you do a train as an as an, an intern, intern for a then year, then you do qualify. Yeah. Oh wow! That was okay. before two thousand and eight. Okay. So back then things were a bit easier than yeah. what, what they are now. Yeah. So that's actually how I started. And then from there I realized that I'm actually good at this. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna take initiative. Yeah. So I actually designed a pamphlet for myself. Mm-hmm. On Saturdays I'll just take them out in the Fosterers and send out to people. Oh, and wow. the response was very good. Yeah. And people were happy actually because I was young. Mm. I was actually very excited that a young girl But 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 even before then you said that you had a passion for property. Where did this where did this passion come from? Did you just always want to own properties? Do you just like homes? What where does that initially come from? What it comes from is that um uh, somebody actually uh, taught me about the power of a vision board. Mm. So then uh, she said to me, whatever that you want, you can have it. Yeah. So go and take magazines and paste. And I remember when I was pasting, when I was actually cutting out those pictures, mm. most of them were just buildings. Oh, wow. So I, 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 I didn't really understand. Mm. But I knew somehow that I was actually attracted to, to buildings and big buildings, mm. anything that has to do with property. So, but then I didn't have the knowledge mm. because where I come from, people don't actually No, no, yeah. And it's, and, and it's not something that, you know, that, that, that is taught at school exactly, or, no. or taught that, that it's actually a profession. Exactly. So mm. I did not have the knowledge. Yeah. But looking back, is I realized that maybe it's a gift from God. Yeah. Maybe it's a life assignment that I have to fulfill in this earth. Yeah. That's where the, that's where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great because a lot of people don't realize their purpose, and yeah. you you you've thrown yourself and yeah. entrenched yourself yeah. into that yeah. purpose. Yeah. But now, before we, we we move into the carry on with the positive sides of it, like in every industry. Every woman, and especially a woman of color, we meet up with a lot of challenges. Yes, it's true. What have, what have been your challenges working in this like male-dominated space? It's been tough. <laughs> I'm sure. And I'll tell you why. Firstly, is that um, the challenges that I experience is that people don't take me seriously. Wow. Is it because you're young? Firstly, because I'm young yeah. and I'm a woman. Mm. It's only that when I have delivered beyond their expectation they start realizing oh maybe maybe she knows what she's talking about yeah. maybe we can do business with you and secondly uh, secondly is that they men actually used to ask me to send my pictures naked pictures and I'm talking what? about people in power and wow. people that I looked up to and people that I thought would advance my career yeah. and because I actually refused. Mm. Certain opportunities were taken away from me. Yeah. Because I really didn't believe that that you have to sleep your way through Absolutely. Yeah. So And that, 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 that's just evident that, that sexual harassment happens yeah. in every area of yeah. the industry, in every area of our society. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my challenges. And beside that is that the challenge, I think the biggest challenge is that I was never taught how to handle money. Mm. I come from a background whereby nobody has made it. Mm. Nobody had, know how to actually handle money. Yeah, I mean, as well as black people, yeah. especially from the East, is yeah. that we weren't, we aren't taught about yeah. um, about estates. We aren't taught yeah. about, you know, it's, yeah. So how, how did you get your head around that? I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Because there was a time where I was doing extremely well. Mm. 
and I started uh, misusing my funds. Mm. Um, I started pleasing people, giving people my money, and I lost everything. Yeah. I mean, I lost everything. Yeah. My car was repossessed. Oh, wow. I had to sell all my assets. Mm. My kids were in one of the most expensive private schools. I have to take them out and put them back into public schools. Oh, wow. And rebuild everything from scratch. Yeah. So that experience on its own taught me that talent is not enough. Yeah. You must have education to how to manage your money. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. It's one thing to be able to make it, it's another thing to be able to keep it. Yeah. And grow it. Yeah. So that's a skill that I needed actually to cultivate and learn exactly how do I manage my money. Yeah. So that was just a learning curve. And, uh, and I'm great that I went I'm actually grateful that I went through that experience on my own yeah. and learned on my own. Because now I'm in a better position to know how to make a wise decisions yeah. when it comes to money. Yeah, and I think it's also very important that when we do go through that, we, we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves. You know, um, God put you in that reason, in, in that situation for a reason, so that you could come out of it, and now it, it, it's profitable. Yeah, in terms it of is. And, and also the, the lessons that you could then impart on somebody who you might mentor, yeah. those are very, very powerful lessons yeah. that other people would have just taken for granted. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, that actually gave me... Um, how can I put it? Um, what I've lost, I made sure that I actually get it back three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So, Wishesha Properties. Okay. So, when did you open up the your own and your own label? I actually registered it in two thousand and eight mm-hmm. on the ninth of August. Oh wow! Yeah, on Women's Day. On Women's yes, Day. power baby. <laughs> on Women's Day. Yeah. And you focus. I mean, what I like about you is that you focus mainly in the East Rand. Yeah. And and it's more of a niche market and your business model is starting with, with properties that start with a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand. That's correct. Why have you opted for that type of business model? Firstly is that it's an emerging market. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it's a market whereby there's still a lot of potential. Right. You can do so much with that market. Yeah. So the prices are very reasonable, mm-hmm. meaning that even a domestic worker. I can be able to help them to buy a house. Yeah. I can sell them a house for 100000 Yeah, easily. So it's bridging the gap whereby those who cannot qualify to get an update, mm. they can be able to own their home. Wow. So you're even taking it to another level of empowerment. Yes. That, because it's part of our, some of our problems within our community is that sense of entitlement. Well, yeah. I'll get an RDP, but this is another level of, yeah. you can have your home, but yeah. you can also own it. Exactly. Yeah. So... That's what our brand is all about. That's our models that we actually buy these properties, renovate them, mm-hmm. and sell them at such a price that everybody can be able to afford. Yeah. And those who don't have money to pay transfer fees, we actually structure it way, but we can be able to assist them to pay for those fees. Wow. Yeah. And just, just out of interest, like, so for a house that would be, say, 150000 what would be the transfer costs on, on, on a property like that? That would be around 10000 rent. Okay. 10, so, so it's, 10, it's, it's 12, doable. It's so doable. So it's doable. 10000 rent. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, in terms of your clientele that, that are buying into it, is it mainly big corporates who are trying to make money off of rentals or is it or is it actually putting it into the hands of the people? 
Both. Okay. Okay. So I have your end users who are actually buying it just to, to live in them. But okay. I also have your investors who okay. actually buy in a bargain. So give me three properties yeah. that I want to actually buy it as a rental stock. Okay. So we actually cater for that market. Oh, wow. So yeah. what we do is that because we're already in that business, mm-hmm. we identify properties at prime locations. Right. So we buy them, renovate them, and then we customize it for you. Ah, okay. So you take it to another level. It's yeah. not just finding a piece of property saying, okay, we'll move it. No. You even so with the with the renovating, yeah. you can even elevate the price as exactly. exactly. Oh wow, that's amazing. So for instance, if I have an investor who's been looking into getting uh, houses for rental stock. Mm. So we know that we have that database. So we say that this is the property that we have. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to build it. Mm-hmm. And this is how much you're going to make. And already we'll get clients for you. So yeah. while we are on the construction phase, mm-hmm. already we start marketing so that on registration you have your tenants. It's all, it's all just handed And you get you. your money on first month. That's amazing. And then looking at the other services that you actually offer as a company, I see that you have different levels of training. Yes. Let's talk about that. Training basically because I'm an assessor myself. Okay. Uh, I'm an SDF. Mm. What is what is SDF? A store development facility. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so meaning that uh, with a lot of people coming to me and saying we like what you're doing, I realize that being in the industry for 13 years, um, maybe I should venture into training. Right. So then I actually matched with another a training company. Mm-hmm. We came together. We actually decided that we're gonna provide training for NQF level four. Okay. Which is your entry level. Entry so level. So we right. train you into becoming an estate agent. Mm-hmm. But during your training, we then expose you into the into the real estate industry through my company and say, this is how we do it. So whatever you're learning in class, this is actually how you do it. In so yes, you, you're providing yeah. a double whammy. Yes. Because you, you're giving the practical, you're giving the, the, the actual administration. Yes. So they need to know the tech, the, the, yes. the knowledge and the skills. Yes. And then yes. you're giving them the experience yes. of, and then also proof yes. that actually yes. the model does work. Yes. That is amazing. So while you're still studying, we actually have an opportunity to make money. Yeah. And, and get your commission should you close it down. Yeah. And where where do you see property moving? I mean, I mean, the way your your business is structured has been East Rand. Yeah. But are you moving out of the East Rand? Are you moving out of South Africa? Where, where what is your vision for the next five to ten years for Mushwishwe properties? Okay, my vision for the next five ten years is that we want to be recognized as one of the dominant player in the township market. Mm. Meaning that every time when you think about it buying a property in the township, we should be the first people that you can think of. And also we want to take this internationally. Because mm-hmm. remember that you can still have affordable market in Atlanta. Of course. It's just a different it's, market yeah. and a different currency. Yeah. But it's still within the affordable market. The model is still the same. The model is still the same. Wow. So we actually want to actually tap into those markets within the affordable mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. I just love that idea because I just think it's it's so empowering. And and moving away from the actual property itself, and we discussed this offline, yeah. which I think we need to touch on because especially in African states where women don't know what their rights are. Mm-hmm. So they could get married in community or property, yeah. uh, their husband dies, and then somebody from the family comes and says, okay, no, this property belonged to my brother, I'm going to take it over. Let's talk about that and let's talk about what the rights are of people who are in those in those scenarios. All right. I think 
what will happen is that if I am married to somebody else, mm. and maybe I come with three or five children into that marriage, yeah. and we actually get married, see open commercial yes. property, yeah. should anything happen to me, my children are entitled to 50%. That is amazing, because a lot of people don't realize yeah. that the children actually do have yes. those rights, and you see that yes. it's 50%. It's 50% yeah. of the estate, because mm-hmm. then everything is split 50-50. Right, right. So meaning that whenever they actually are selling that his all of his assets, mm. my children are actually entitled to fifty percent of what yeah. what I of what I've and they protect it. They protect and they are protected by the law of the interstate. Yeah. That is amazing. And then um so just another thing that I wanted to actually touch on in the reality of it is let's talk about the hijacking of properties. Now we spoke about this also offline, but many, many years ago there was a, a film called Jerusalem. Yes. which spoke about the hijacking of buildings in Hebron. Yes. Is it also happening across the property board, or is it just happening in high, high-rise buildings? No, it's still happening. Wow. It's happening actually with your RTP yeah. market, whereby a property or a land is vacant, and somebody just decides to actually occupy that land and actually try to sell it fortunately wow. without actually having uh, papers. And people <laughs> just sitting and trying to sell it too. It's like, and just say, let's go to the police station. This is my property. Um, mm. It belongs to me. Let's just do a transfer. Yeah. Make a, a affidavit, sign, give me the money, and then that's it. Wow. You take it without actually having any paperwork. It's actually happening. Wow. And how, how are you, as, 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 as property owners and, and as property companies, how are you regulating that? I mean, what is the plan forward? I think the plan forward is that uh, government still have to identify land that is still vacant. Mm. But now the challenge is, especially in your township market, is that when they were doing a township establishment, mm. there are companies who were doing the subdivision everything, mm. who have the legal rights into those lands, yeah. but then who have actually forgotten, I don't know, or abandoned those, those vacant stands, and now people are just coming and taking over. Wow. Because they've been there for 30 years or 20 yeah. years, automatically they think that they own those Is that, that it's theirs to take it as a child? Exactly, but they don't have the paperwork. Wow. So it's, it's, I think it's a matter of identifying that those properties, who are the legal mm. registered owners, and maybe go to them and buy it from them directly. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, for, for people out there, is that you need to know what your rights are. And yeah. as a woman, especially born in, or who, who choose to get married in community property, yeah, I mean, all of our own choices, yeah. is that you do have your rights, but more importantly, yeah. it's, it's, it's your children will have those rights. Yes. And I think that's what's so important about actually just writing the will and letting yeah. people know. Yeah. So that, because love, death is inevitable. Exactly. And rather rather leave a legacy as, a, as opposed to your children having to, 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 to suffer the consequences. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> they have to know that they have the right. Yeah. As long as the mother was married in community of property, mm. they are entitled Beautiful. to half the estate. Yeah. It's their mother's share, so they have the right to reclaim it. Yeah. It's theirs. Okay, so moving forward, what's happening in the next couple of years with treasury properties? Besides <laughs> taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, what we're planning is that we want to get into the development. Mm-hmm. We want to start building mm. green houses. Yeah. Because I think that's the future. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually the future. Yeah. So we actually want to start introducing the green concept yeah. in the township market. Beautiful. So that's what we actually moving into. Mm-hmm. We are starting. 
it's the baby steps and hopefully in the next 10 years we can be able to do that in a bigger capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. And if people need to get hold of you, where, where can they get hold of you on? My cell phone number is 079-132-0664. My office line is 011-568-4827. Yeah. Um, my offices in, in Johannesburg is 116 Oxford in Glenhoven, Rosebank. Mm-hmm. And then for the Eastern Branch, it's 7 Penzani Street, New Red Ruth in Alberton. But you also have a website, so that's yeah. treasureproperties.coza. Absolutely. Well, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. And you've really, really opened up my mind in terms of the property market. And we will be having a conversation yeah. online. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, if you need any of those details, then you can just leave a message on this podcast or alternatively send me an email, rosie at rosiemodena.biz. Thank you so much for listening.